0: Episode, we'll be talking about Fleetwood Mac, Tusk. On the line I have Rob. Hey howdy. Ben. Hello. Kyle. Honey hi. And Solange.
1: I'm back bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Tusk is the 12th studio <laughs>
0: album by British American rock band Fleetwood Mac released as a double album on the 12th of October 1979 on Warner Brothers. The producer was Fleetwood Mac, Richard Dashut, and Ken Calliott. I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Erwine. More than any other Fleetwood Mac album, Tusk is born of a particular time and place. It could have only been created in the aftermath of Rumors, which shattered sales records, which in turn gave the group a blank check for its next album. But if they were falling apart during the recording of Rumors, they were officially broken and shattered during the making of Tusk. And that disconnect between band members resulted in a sprawling, incoherent, and utterly brilliant 20-track double album. At the time of its release, it was a flop, never reaching the top of the charts and never spawning a true hit single, despite two well-received top 10 hits. Coming after the momentum of Rumors, this was a huge disappointment, but the truth of the matter was that Fleetwood Mac couldn't top the success no matter how hard they tried. So it was better for them to indulge themselves and come up with something as unique as Tusk. Lindsay Buckingham directed both Fleetwood Mac and Rumors, but he dominates here, composing nearly half the album and giving Christine McVeigh's and Stevie Nicks songs an ethereal floating quality that turns them into welcome uh, reposés from the seriously twisted immersions into Buckingham's id. This is the ultimate cocaine album. It's mellow for long stretches and then bursts wide open in manic, frenetic explosions, such as the Borning Tension of The Ledge or The Rampaging, That's Enough For Me, or the marching band-driven paranoia of the title track, all of which were relatively smooth, reflective work from all three songwriters. This is a mainstream madness crazier than Buckingham's idol Brian Wilson and weirder than any number of cult classics. Of course, that's why it bombed upon its original release, but Tusk is a bracing, weirdly affectionate work that may not be universally or immediate as rumors, but is every bit a classic as a piece of pop art. It's peerless. All right, what do we think of Fleetwood Mac Tusk? It's a goddamn masterpiece. That oh was really good. God. Good
2: write-up. That was a good write-up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That yeah. was uh, that is exactly how I would describe this album, because <laughs> I mean in a good way. I
2: it took me a long time and but man, I think I'm here now.
0: Really? I never got I there. Cut, I went through I a few really phases single, too.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. I not cut a single track from this man. Like, and that's crazy. Like, I was talking about cutting some things off of Rumors to make it better. I wouldn't lose a single song off of this. I guess this is probably my tenth time listening to it. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe I've just joined the cult. Uh,
4: does that make you revisit the songs that you wanted to cut from uh, Rumors? Because no, I remember you. I, I remember you wanting to, to cut tracks off that record.
3: <laughs> I haven't. I haven't re-listened to Rumors yet, but I can tell you this much: the uh, Christy McVeigh, uh, songs on this record are much better than the ones on rumors. Excuse me. Honey high. Yeah. I'll take honey high any day of the week over.
1: I I agree. I would cut honey high. No offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with both Ben and Rob on this because I, uh, (laughs) i I actually got into tusk because ian and i were watching like a fleetwood mac block of videos and we were like this is what fleetwood mac sounds like i thought they just sounded like rumors Mm." and uh which i have a rumors nuclear take um that i will share soon but you know we like listened to to tusk in the car on like a road trip and we were like whoa this is like a really cool album because it's so different than like anything that you think of Fleetwood Mac being like rumors which is its own um <laughs> its own best of album full offense <laughs> and uh then you go to mirage which i really like mirage a lot and then you get to tango in the night which is very like city pop kind of synth pop like very 80s a really cool album and this one is just like so different and i would argue that you know i would i would cut probably a good amount of it would probably be side three disc two and part of side four disc two. But despite that, you know, I fell in love with it immediately. And I think that this is really what kind of solidifies Fleetwood Mac as like a classic American band. You know, everybody wants to say rumors because you have like, go your own way and dreams and all of that. But like people love stuff off of Mirage. They love stuff off of, um, tango in the night and I kind of would think if you didn't have tusk you wouldn't have those two albums
0: yeah that's a good that's a good way of putting it i the way I approach this is I, it seemed like three different i said this before three different albums yes uh, and you just put it on uh random like you just hit yes. random <laughs> and it goes to three different albums because they're obviously not writing this together now in certain cases that that can be kind of cool with things like the white album where it just, Oh wow. This song comes out of nowhere. This, this one, I wasn't feeling it as much. I actually liked a lot of the Stevie Nicks, uh, kind of softer songs, but then when it, it, sort of ramped up and it, it was just this, it just feels so disjointed coming from one to another. And they all have, uh, but that's the thing is, is like you kind of take the, all of these things in at one time and experience it I just don't know that I'm here for this whole album I don't under, really understand too why I feel like it's sprawling great but they could have just made it one album I think they were just mm. no one wanted to give up and everyone thought oh well I'm not going to cut my songs I'm not going to cut my songs so we're just going to put we're just going to make a double album out of it
1: I've always felt like that's the attitude from Fleetwood Mac, though. Like, I mean, they kicked they finally kicked Lindsey Buckingham out like two years ago. And it was because like that it's that same thing. Like he doesn't want to compromise. And it's like, well, you're either going to have to pick between me and Stevie. And like, of course, they fucking picked Stevie, you know, like she she is a cultural phenomenon for like a lot of women, you know, and like, don't get me wrong. Lindsey Buckingham is super talented. But like to your point of this is three different albums. Why didn't they cut it down? Why didn't Lindsey Buckingham just make this into a solo record?
0: Yeah,
2: that's a good point. Yeah, like uh, definitely some of this stuff is just Lindsey Buckingham solo. It it seems like if he wants to, if on his songs, if he wants that much control and isolation, yeah, uh, there's there's probably no rule in their contract saying he can't also release a solo album. Just like so, some of these songs. That he wrote would like, definitely make a good fleet with Mac songs. Some of them
4: just feel more like Lindsey Buckingham solo songs. Yeah. That's, you know, when I first approached this record, like I had never listened to this record, and I've obviously heard and loved Tusk, uh, the song, and um, Sarah is uh, an amazing song. I've heard those two songs. Um, I just felt like, initially, I was just like, oh God, Lindsey Buckingham is just. <laughs> Gone wild. He's trying to make his own like white album, you know. Like he's by God, this is gonna be an epic masterpiece, you know. And you've read about like their shows and how they recorded this album, you know, cocaine, champagne everywhere. Like he's gone wild, like Mick Fleetwood's in the bathroom playing drums, like it's just like on the toilet. Like, this is just madness. And um, but then I liked it. Then I was like, okay, like. The sequencing is so bizarre. The first track is this kind of mellow McVee song, and then like, oh Buck Buck comes in with the hedge, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's like it's it, like he's gone. You know, I. And then you read about like the making of the record, and he's just mm. like doing, taping microphones to the floor and like doing push <laughs> like, singing.
1: He's got like boxes full of shit that he's like, this is a good drum, and I'm like, yeah, dude,
4: sure, yeah, <laughs> and I. Uh, solange i agree like i love stuff off of a uh, tango in the night you know and i love i love rumors and i love the album but before that um but at first yeah i was i can't get into this and then you know a few listens and i still think the sequencing is really bizarre um but storms like i had never heard that before it's a gorgeous song um sisters of the moon
0: Yeah, Sisters Uh, of the Moon got me. That was good. Yeah, I like that. that. I like that song.
1: It's almost 90s, like, like, I don't know if you guys are really into, like, 90s goth music, not, like, Ministry or anything like that, but, like, I guess it's, like, Dark Cabaret or Dark Wave. Yeah. Like, that's dark, what it reminded me of. Dark Wave and
0: it, Dream Pop. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, this, uh, For this sure. yeah. album, really, it's really ahead of its time in a lot yeah. of way. Like, I, I think what's so cool is it's so similar to, like, not necessarily what you'll hear Fleetwood Mac do in, like, 10 years, but what you'll hear music start to do in, like, 5 to 10 to, like, 15 years later. Um, because, you know, especially the it is really frenetic and it is a really strangely laid out album. Um, like you probably could have turned it into a concept album, honestly, if you like had just fixed where the song sat. Um, but just like, I mean, I think everything Lindsey Buckingham does is really cool. I just think his lyrics are kind of shit. So I'm like, dude, if you just made this like a punk album and left it at that, it would have been really cool. I mean, I think it is really cool, but I think you can approve.
3: Wrote down next to uh, Sisters of the Moon that I wish Danzig had done a cover of it because he <laughs> would have fucking killed it. He probably
1: has. I don't know.
4: It's not too late. I Danzig, uh, I know you're listening.
0: I was very shocked to hear that he was was very into the like punk scene. He was really into the talking heads. That would have never occurred to me if I hadn't just uh, read that you know, that Lindsey Buckingham was infatuated with, you know, the, that type of music and making like post-punk music. I just, I didn't pick up on it. I, I guess I kind of picked up on a little bit of the experimentation. Um, but, you know, it's still Fleetwood Mac. So it's, you can't, you know, transition all the way, I guess. And so this is the, the concept of, of having that influence.
2: I thought that was, that was interesting too birch like uh, <laughs> like his, his interest in like the the post punk and the punk and like some of the the production choices especially on the on the Lindsey Buckingham songs on here it's almost like it goes out of its way to have like a lo-fi like bedroom recorded right. feel yeah. mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. interesting because at the time it was the most expensive album ever made
4: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Is it not because of the music video or them renting the USC marching band? Because the USC marching band is not just in the video. Like, that is the band that they have due to tusk.
0: Yeah, it was the production costs were estimated to be over one million, equivalent to uh, 3.52 in 2019, making it the most expensive rock album to date
2: the so phrase that of- I think it was Ken uh, Kylott said was a cocaine blizzard okay.
1: that's my <laughs> punk band <Yeah. laughs>
2: You. First impression of this album, I think, was about uh, Kyle when you were talking about your journey with this album. It, it felt like you were reading my mind. But yeah, the first listen on this, I thought it was crazy. I, I agreed over and over it was just a bunker type of opener track. Uh, I, I, and then, and then, yeah, going into that Lindsey Buckingham stuff. And by the end of my first listen, I just felt like I was, I was in the muck. I thought this was a slog of a record. And I'm like, man, if if rumors is like this passionate breakup, then Tusk is just like a lonely hangover, was like my first mm-hmm. feeling. But actually the song Tusk, second to last song, which admittedly I was not I, I maybe had heard it a couple of times, I was not that familiar with it before listening. That just crawled into my ear like an earworm. And it was actually that song that made me keep on hitting play on it again because I knew I would get okay. to it. And, man, it just it just started creeping in around the corners on me. Uh, the next song to come through, uh, track three, the Chrissy McVie one, Think About Me, mm-hmm. I think that's a really catchy pop jammer, you know? yeah. I, like I that remember that thinking too. that was
4: the first song that sounds like a rumor song. You know, yeah, I think people yeah. who bought this album wanting another Rumors had to wait until track three to hear that one. Birch, speaking to your point earlier when you were kind of surprised that uh, Lindsay Buckingham was kind of like leaning into this post-punk, I feel like a lot of these bands, like um, not just Fleetwood Mac, but I mean, we're going to talk about Pink Floyd, you know, even Led Zeppelin, I think they, they all kind of reacted to like the punk movement.
0: Yeah. You know. I think they could recognize that it, it was changing. The music was changing around them lo-fi recording yeah
4: yeah and i think they wanted to stay like sharp and like relevant i mean everyone just kind of reacted to it in different ways you know one's kind a disco song you know like uh blood's up one did no quarter you know it's just kind of they all kind of reacted to this stuff in different ways and i think it's interesting that lindsey buckingham was of all people like let's go and kind of he doesn't quite I don't know. He doesn't quite do it right, but it's interesting. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. he he kind of yeah. I feel like he went off on a tangent. He thought, well, we can't just I don't want to just redo rumors. We can they want rumors too. I don't want to do that. And then he said he was kind of in a weird place at the time, obviously doing <laughs> no a lot of drugs. <laughs> but you can kind of see the the breakdown in this album of his. His concept was to, you know, shoot for the stars. He, he's heard punk rock and now he wants to be, he wants it to be the pet sounds or he wants to be this mysterious, you know, uh, sprawling album with all these different ideas and things like that. But to me, it, it just doesn't quite deliver. It's a little self indulgent. Um, yes. On, mm-hmm. on yes, his that's, songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. so to it's me. It's self It, <laughs> it <laughs> never. <laughs> to, to me. I can hear that. That's the that's the problem is. You know. I can hear him just playing around in the studio. And making these tracks. And that's kind of what turned me off. Um, to some of the Todd Rundgren early stuff. Wizard of True Star kind of brought me around. Because he was at least go, going for it. Full-throated. This was a little more reserved. And. I just didn't. I just didn't get that into it. His choice of guitar distortion for finger picking is
3: so cool to me. He talked like, about like, like yeah. on
2: like the ledge and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Is I, that the fuzz fuzzed out finger pick? And uh, <laughs> like uh, that's enough for me. Um, yeah, man. Like just just crunched out to shit, and like, but you can still hear him picking everything. Like, which I, I don't know, uh, like using distortion is normally like a way to kind of like cheat your way through Mm -hmm. like uh like the more technical stuff. But on this, like you can hear everything that he's doing and it's all fucking like, you know, on time. I I don't know. Like that was an exciting uh, thing that was happening in my ears was like, I had never heard like finger picking done on a incredibly distorted guitar before.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really love (laughs) what Lindsay Buckingham does like musically here. I think, I think what he does is really interesting, but like, Birch, like what you're saying about it being really self indulgent, like this record reads like it was Lindsey Buckingham's main, like pet project. And he just let the girls do a little bit of stuff with it. He just let them write a couple songs. His song titles are like so clearly about his breakup with Stevie Nicks. Like him, like, like he's like, what makes you think you're the one and like, I, Ooh, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I even wrote. Yeah, I wrote we get it. Lindsay, you broke up with Stevie. Okay. Like <laughs> he
2: was also having a relationship with Stevie Nicks after her breakup with Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah, I mean, and then she's he hot.
1: like she's hot. And, like who cares? Well, then, then
2: <laughs> Sarah, Sarah is actually about Mick Fleetwood's second wife that he ended his relationship with Stevie Nicks for to marry Sarah, and Sarah was Stevie Nicks' best friend. It's like eh, there's it's like an onion of drama.
1: It's like so messy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just like this album. Yeah, this album is messy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like dateline but uh dateline tusk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh Fleetwood actually Blame the album's uh, relatively failure on RKO Radio Chain playing the album in its entirety prior to its release, <laughs> thus allowing mass home recording. In addition, Tusk was a that double was so album weird. and was a high uh, list price of sixteen U.S. dollars. Or th-
2: did RKO get fined or anything?
0: It seems like that's a lot. I, I think they had approval to do it. I think it's just a uh, who appro- who would approve that? That's crazy. The FCC. Well. I mean, they could. I mean, the label would? Maybe the label did. I don't know. Maybe I thought they were trying to sell records.
3: There used to be a thing with the FCC, with uh, the, the FCC, where you weren't
0: allowed to play more than three songs right. in a row by You're your right. Artist. Huh? Mm-hmm. No, there's, it so still is. Play, it's, that's still in effect. Yeah. So what? Yeah. 20 it's still songs in, in a row.
2: How come? How come? Like, FPK can play Prince all day on his birthday? Is it because they're a community radio station?
1: Uh, I think Ian has explained it. Ian's explained it to me before um, where like the way it works is like you can get permission to do it. I don't know how like the process is actually formulated out, but like you can get permission to do it. But like not obviously everywhere does this because there's a particular station I listen to on like webcasting. That's like a, a local community station, but in the West and they are like notorious for forgetting to check and like playing an hour long block of like the cranberries, um, (laughs) which is super fucking illegal to do. But like you can like, I think get permission Ian explained it to me, but like usually you can't play more than three songs, but I was going to say, Mick, I don't think that's why this record didn't sell. No. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It needs it. Yeah, the, those damn college kids recorded it and just started trading tapes. That, that's why they're. Hey, you
2: didn't got that. <laughs> you know, Lars is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, first,
3: wasn't $16 like in 1979 money, like
0: almost 60 American dollars now? Uh, $56. $56. Oh my
1: God. Are you fucking serious? In 2019
0: dollars. So, yeah, they're asking a lot for this. Uh, album. Wow. I mean it was
1: what, like a three million dollar record. They had to make it back somehow, I mean, but
0: this it's essentially double I I, I want to think back to the about the other records like the Clash and uh Rolling Stones. Well there's it, lies down on Broadway. It's pretty much double du- double what those were costing at the time. So yeah, it was really expensive. I could imagine someone getting it and paying that price and actually just thinking well, this isn't rumors, and then telling everybody else they know that mm-hmm. not worth it. You know, don't even bother. It still did really well. Uh, you have to buy it, find out it, that it's not your
2: thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Unless you're
2: listening to RKO, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Was and I'm not a I'm not a very good student of history, but was the oil embargo still
0: happening in '79? Uh, it like, was it was, but not. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem for records. Let's just say that.
2: Uh, Right now we're listening to That's All for Everyone, which to me sounds like late era Beach Boys slash Dennis Wilson.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I
2: thought that before I got more into Fleetwood Mac's personal drama and realized that Dennis Wilson is who Chrissy McVie was with at this
0: point. Mm -hmm.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah, right? It's very much a Beach Boys song. If someone put this on, I would think they were covering Beach Boys.
3: Guys, I really like. It's not that, or not that funny, is it? <laughs> really? <laughs> that song's awesome.
0: That's one of. Un- that's, yeah. that's a silly song. So, I kind of hate that song. Yeah, so that's
2: the one that he recorded in the in the push-up position, not in the bathroom, but in a room that they had built to replicate his home bathroom. <sighs> wow. Uh huh. Meanwhile, he's also doing <laughs> home recordings. So. So, so if they so if I, they made a
4: movie of the recording of this the recording of this movie <laughs> if they made a movie of the recording of this album, uh, who would play Lindsey Buckingham?
1: Oh, ooh, dude,
4: I think it's Jared Leto. Robert
1: Pattinson.
4: Ooh, I'm sticking with my. Oh, Horton. he do a really good job though.
1: Yeah, I mean, he would be dedicated. Either him or um. Oh, I had someone. Oh, damn it. I think Robert Pattinson would be really good though. He's he's weird enough. I,
0: I think too. This is really strange because when I read about it, he said when he walked into the he was obsessive about getting the perfect you know sound but then when he walked into the studio he said turn every knob 180 degrees from where it is now and let's see what happens you don't that's not how (laughs) perfection works that's not how like he
3: was listening he was listening to the sentient bag of cocaine that was in his pocket man (laughs) like
4: that or he read an interview with like Brian Eno, and he's like, "I can do that." And yeah, just had like completely bad ideas. That's that's exactly what he
3: did. Head
1: empty, no thoughts inside. Yeah, full offense.
3: I figured it out. My oblique strategies is a bag of cocaine.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we talk real quick about? I mean, I know that you already brought it up, Ben, but can we please talk about Tusk? Which I really want to show everybody the notes I wrote for Tusk, which is just fuck yeah, Tusk, over
0: and over again. <laughs> like nice. a crazy
1: manifesto.
4: <laughs> I, you should make that a t-shirt.
1: I yeah, literally I, think
4: I, of... I, I wear that shirt. i wear it, yeah.
1: I think about the song Tusk at least once a day because it's probably one of my favorite songs because it is such... I don't know what it is I love about it. It is a flex. It's a flex of a song. He's like, let's get the whole marching band in here. And it has no... Like the lyrics don't make any sense. That and like... I don't know. I think about this song all the it time. It makes sense.
2: It makes sense. Don't don't tell me that you love me. Just say that you want me? That makes sense. Uh, can a, anybody it's explain a horny, why? desperate song.
0: Why they got the marching band? Other than just they could, because it does not sound because like
2: it's awesome, and it, it makes the song.
0: It doesn't it does sound like guys... a marching band, though. It, I feel like they could have just done it in the studio.
2: A marching band sounds uh, different from just a, a brass section. It's it's got that wall of sound. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. like a thirty piece brass section and a twelve piece percussion section all play the same thing. Even if you record this like this, a tuba twenty times, it's it's not going to sound like a marching band.
4: True. Yeah. You're have right. we have we all listened to Beyonce's uh, Homecoming album?
1: I'm an old man, so no.
4: Oh, <laughs> it's 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 done. Yeah, it's done with a marching band. I and just it's felt fucking fire.
0: Yeah, I just thought that the on the recording I didn't get as much intensity that I thought I would get out of, you know, them renting out the entire stadium. I, I just didn't know if it was really necessary for them. Did they, they rent out the
2: stadium for recording or just yeah. for the music video? Oh,
0: good good question. I don't know. I it don't know they, both? I, I, I,
2: It was not one and the same because
1: John McVie is not
2: at the stadium in the in the music video
1: they might have done it i think the way it worked i feel like i googled it once because i was like really intrigued to know because i thought it was so cool that they had them come out with the fucking outfits and they had like they had the usc trojans and i thought it was so cool um so i of course googled it but um i believe when they were recording the marching band section they record the stadium separately and that's when they did Mm -hmm. the music video Um, okay that that makes sense yeah oh
2: yeah Yeah. because in the video it's kind of like them like conducting
0: The, uh, I think we were at that time. What do you think about the album though, Rob? Positive?
3: Absolute positive. Like I said before, I, I wouldn't get rid of a single track on it. And you know, for what 2019, something like that, like songs that, that's saying a lot. Like, I yeah. enjoyed, I, I honestly, the, this might be pushing rumors out as far as like what Oof. I would prefer to listen to. With, with Ooh. I'm wow. mad at you, Rob. You, I'm mad at you. Mad no, mad I agree, you. Rob. That's I agree. I agree. I'm, here I'm here with you. I'm
1: here with you can be mad at me what's your hot take
3: that's gonna
2: make dead mad oh sorry sorry it, it,
3: i will it, i will be look i'll be i'll be digging through crates looking for this record this is absolutely something i want to own
2: um i i have to give this album a positive it i didn't think i would uh, f- uh even like a few days ago but i keep on coming back to it, it it's kind of like it's it's set in uh it's a it is really uneven and just disjointed and weird and hard to access. And, and but here but here I am, you know, like uh, something about it. Keep on coming back. Yeah. And I, I I like the 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 weirdness of it and the disjointedness of it. It makes it hard to get into, but it makes it rewarding to return to, I think. I could probably trim a few tracks off of it the majority of it is just good quality content and it just jammed all together in a weird box of chocolates of a package. Uh, Positive for me.
1: So first to answer Ben's question on my hot take, which Birch got a sneak peek at this hot take the other day. It's like nuke it from orbit satellite hot take. Uh Uh, Number one, I already said it, which was rumors is its own best of album and that, I think this album and tango in the night uh, is better because you know, I, I think rumors is classic, but to me it's like people say I'm a Fleetwood Mac fan and I'm like, cool. What do you think of like Mirage? And they're just like, I don't know what that is. Have you listened to dreams? And I'm like, bro, like, I think that they're a cool, I think Fleetwood Mac's a really cool band in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, it's the same thing that like lots of bands fall into when you, condense them to like just one or two albums you don't get the full picture you know and I think Fleetwood Mac again I will reiterate what I said before Tusk is what makes them an iconic American band like if you just had rumors they would just be doing rumors shows but they don't do that they do shows with lots of songs that are all throughout their repertoire and I think that this is a really important album and I thought really hard about my um my overall grade of it and I really like it, but I would say it's probably like a positive minus for me because side three just really drags on. I I would definitely cut out some songs, and I think it would it would work better. But I think overall, it's a really cool, interesting album. And if you're only out there listening to rumors, you need to listen to Tusk.
4: Um, I definitely hear what you're saying, Solange, and I, I agree. Um, yeah, this and and like Ben. Ben, you said the same thing. Um, this took a while to get into. I kept thinking of the hubris of Buck Buck, you know, that he's just like coked out of his gourd, you know, making his masterpiece. You know, he's got a Brian Wilson up on the wall and he's got Brian, you know, up on the wall and he's going ham, you know, doing pushups. But like,
1: is he masturbating to them?
4: You know, they were in there like a, what, a year and a half? Like, oh I'm sure it happens. Got you know? in there. <laughs> statistically probable, um, and the sequencing is bizarre, but I—it's I, weird and I like it. Um, yeah, they could have played it safe, could they? Or was it lightning in a bottle? But there's like, especially the Nick songs on this record are great, and a lot of them I had never heard. Uh, like Sisters of the Moon, I had never heard, and that's—that's that's an instant classic for me. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be revisiting that song for a long time. Beautiful Child, great song. Oh
1: forgot all about that. love beautiful child if i
4: I had heard that song when i was like in a vulnerable heartbroken place in my life i would be (laughs) bawling like it is a very powerful song um your eyes say yes but you don't say yes well i wish that you were mine like that's so simple but that is oof like old enough to love uh, you from afar or at least across the stage
2: uh, that song
1: offended me because she said that adults can reach and uh, I'm an adult and I can't reach anything. So I wish Stevie would really think about her word choice when she says stuff like that.
3: <laughs> it's it one of those grabby claws. <laughs> oh my
4: storms.
1: Sorry, I, never
3: heard, I
4: don't know why I don't hear storms on the radio. Uh, that song was gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I kind of had to get over the hubris of the band and then I kind of like the record for it, you know, it was it was interesting. It was a good uh you know, nineteen seventy-nine little time capsule. Uh highly recommended.
0: Positive on that? Sounds like it. Positive. Uh I I don't think I could get over just the whole, you know, kit and caboodle of all the things just sort of put put together. I was I was came in as a sort of neutral. You're right though. The the um those songs that you mentioned, Sisters of the Moon are are surprising uh i i did grow on me a bit it just didn't get over the hump of me being thrown back into a buckingham palace of nightmares (laughs) when he is just (laughs) going off the rails on uh you think (laughs) what is it think you're so clever or you know just
1: <laughs> we just, get it it's about stevie lindsey <laughs> yeah
0: just he, he kind of brings yeah. it into a different you you, you kind of get thrown back into a, a a or or channel changing that's probably more more apt it's like you're watching one thing and then all of a sudden it's it's like you you switch the channel it just uh i don't know just couldn't get into all of it so neutral for me don't hate it i think it's a good a good album. I'm, I'm actually very, uh, I always give points for an artist that is willing to step out of their comfort zone, do something new, um, that they really maybe don't have a business doing or, or are <laughs> experimenting beyond what they're capable of. But, uh, yeah, this is good. It's a good album. I agree with just, you on that, Birch. It the just points, never,
2: points yeah,
0: yeah. It just never got to that level where I'm going to revisit. I, Probably won't really recommend. Um, There's like songs though that I would pick out, mixtape style or single style.
3: Fun story about being on that much cocaine is there is no box to keep you in. You you never feel uh, you you never feel (laughs) as if I can't do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true.
3: (laughs) It's nothing but good ideas all the time, such as the keyboard hook on "I Know I'm Not Wrong." That little accordion hook at the end is so. Dumb and good. I think it's my favorite song on the record, and that's all I have to say about rumors. Uh, sorry,
0: Buck-tusk. get off the cocaine. All right, all right. Next time, we'll be talking about Pink Floyd, The Wall. All right, oh, thanks,
4: guys. Y'all.
0: Guys, my laser disc.
2: Oh, yeah, wow. Dip.